This episode is brought to you in part by Thomas Nelson, publisher of The Joy Challenge. Discover the ancient secret to experiencing worry-defeating, circumstance-defying happiness. Written by pastor and best-selling author Randy Frazee and is available everywhere audiobooks are sold. Dynamic Voices for a Diverse Church. This is Pass the Mic. Hello, 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 and welcome to Pass the Mic. Y'all, this is a historic episode. We are the first all black woman cast of Pass the Mic. My name is Bria Perry. I am the content manager of The Witness, a black Christian collective, uh, which the Pass the Mic is powered by, as you know. Uh, and next to me, I have my co-hosts. Go ahead and introduce yourself. I'm Allie Henny. <laughs> I am the vice president of The Witness, and I'm happy to be here. And this yes. is we make in history. We kicked Jamar and Tyler up out of here. Sure did. I was like, we need to have an episode with just me. Ambria and so period. we did it like, Pe- on period y'all have talked way too much nah I'm playing we, we, nah, it, was, it was cool it was, it was it's cool. cool it's amicable they, they, they chilling co- in the back they 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 listening we uh we just thought you know we've never had a conversation between just the women of of the witness of past the mic of the of the witness fam and we thought it was time it was past time it's, past way, time. it's way past time truly past time. uh what is, how are you doing today Allie what's I'm doing on? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. You know, I'm just here. I'm just staying black. I'm just trying to, you know, allergies have been Whew, have been beating me up a little bit. Allergies really have been turning me, me up, up turning me every which way but loose. Uh, okay. So, yeah, but it's um, all right. Yeah, I'm, but you, I'm I feel not like fighting the, back very well. You know, Brie, I kind too. of feel like that we need to have like a name or something for like this collective of yeah, black yeah. women. We were, we were thinking, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, you know, we're, we're calling this episode The Thickness. The Thickness. Now, I promise y'all. We The Thickness. We are The Thickness. You might not be able to see us, but we we thick. Bria, Bria thick. Oh, okay. I'm more I mean, I'm more regular I'm fat. Not, you know, I'm, I'm not going to my own horn. But God has blessed me. That's all I'm gonna say. That's all we right. are we are still saved and sanctified, amen, saints. But we just but we, we got are that basking thick. in the blessings of God. That's that's it. Amago day, right? Okay, okay. <laughs> we we got that thick. No hashtag body positivity. Hashtag body positivity. That's what we're all about over here. Um, but yeah, we just. We needed a clever name for the show, so here we are, Saints. Saints yes. and Friends. <laughs> We're going to get fired after we this. We are. Tyler's like, you're fired. <laughs> you're never doing this You're again. never coming back. You have overstayed your welcome. Your your privileges are revoked. Um, but yeah, I think we have a lot to talk about because we, I mean, we're, we're always behind camera chatting it up about all sorts of different things happening within the culture, happening within... Um, Christian spaces, the the expansive Black church tradition, as our co-host so in, intelligently named. Um, if you ever hear anybody saying that in the streets, know that Tyler Burns and Jamar Tisby came up with that. Mm-hmm. They are the origin. We're gonna we're gonna give them just, credit. We will give sight, them credit. Sight black men. Sight <laughs> sight black men. That's right. Um, so yeah, I think that today we wanted to gather and talk about. Uh, this concept of respectability politics and how they show up, how it shows up in uh, in church spaces and black church spaces among black Christians and among generations and how that might be changing and transforming and how we're thinking about that. Um, but I want to start by asking, Allie, when you think of respectability politics, how like where does your mind go? How do you define it? 
That's a great question. Um, You know, whenever I think about respectability politics, the first thing that kind of comes to my mind is the thing of like, pull your pants up Mm. or like Bill Cosby's infamous pound cake speech or like this Mm. idea, like, you know, your pants on the ground, you're looking like a fool with your pants Pants on on the ground. Um, It's, you know, it's, it's, oh, I speak, I speak proper English. I don't, Mm. I don't, I don't speak slang. Queen's English. The queen, no, we have, they have a king. Right, the king. Right. So it's, 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 right. it's the king. They, the, the, like I, I speak the king's English. I don't speak the Kang's English. Um, you know, I, 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 I speak. I speak specifically and like whatever so that's what mm-hmm. I, I speak with good diction um, that's what I think of whenever I think of respectability politics I think of this idea that people um, from minority populations often have it's the value really of assimilation right mm-hmm. so it's it's the way that my culture maybe does things it's maybe not seen as the proper way or the right way to do things so we want to do things more like the way that the dominant culture wants Mm. to do it so whenever I think of respectability I think about that and the idea behind it even is if we act like people from the dominant culture then people from the dominant culture will accept us because they see our culture they see our ways our slang our manner of dress the way that we carry ourselves they see something wrong with that so if we Mm. start to kind of try to act like them a little bit more um, then maybe we won't be oppressed as Mm. much is what kind of is behind it yeah so what I'm hearing is it it's, it's almost a survival tactic in some ways, but in some ways it can also go past survival and to say that, hey, I'm better than this group of people. Um, and I actually sometimes also think about the very deep history behind um, just kind of why black people uh, or the, the expansive black tradition, the expansive black Christian tradition or whoever you're talking about, um, because black communities are not homogenous, of course. Um, But I think about the history of I think about like the talented 10th kind of ways of of thinking and behaving and believing. And um, of course, you know, that's a that's a term that that W.E.B. Du Bois coined and then later recanted a lot of a a lot of those ideas that he had kind of came up with, but he's not the one who even came up with the term. It actually came from, um, I cannot remember his name, but he was a part of like the the American Baptist, Missionary Baptist Association or something or another. And it was, it was the whole idea behind the concept was um, you got what you want to kind of gather this you know, talented 10th, the 10, mm-hmm. 10% of, of black elites, uh, of, of academically trained, formally trained um, people that black people that we think kind of embody these white American values mm. and kind of turn them into sort of a managerial like buffer class to kind of uh, to kind of get, you know, the black pores and the black, you know, whoever in line to kind of embody this this American, this white American dream. And to like you were saying, this, yeah. this assimilation um and this assimilation tactic of um, kind of dividing black uh, these black ideas uh, of black freedom mm-hmm. and and kind of um, assimilating those ideas and those black freedom dreams into the idea of the white American dream. And so I think about that history. And if you want to learn more about that, I was just actually reading rereading um, this book. Uh, called I want to say it's called Transcending the Talented Tenth um, hmm. by an academic named Joy James. I think she's brilliant. She's got a lot of brilliant thoughts about uh, political theology and just politics and, and black uh, politics of black movements mm-hmm. and things like that. So if you want to check out more about that, um, check out that book. But 
I think about that history and I think it's important because it's not just about police. It's it's kind of, if you can say, if you can think about um, the idea of the white American dream, if you can think about um, the idea of assimilation and how we're talking about survival tactics, um, it's, there's, it's very heavy weight of how black people have taught each other, taught ourselves to move around in the world, mm. um, to live, I don't know, to live a better life. And yeah. Yeah. What are your, what are your, yeah. You know that? what you, it's funny that you, that you mentioned, um, how that term talented to even had a coinage in the black church, because there's this concept that, originated during sort of reconstruction in the in the period after that this idea of lifting as we climb Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so there's this idea that well there are these groups of black people that maybe they have they have some class privilege they have they have money they have means or whatever and so they're going to conform to this cultural ideal the the dominant cultural ideal of middle of white middle Middle class class. American dream and so then we want for every and and the intentions behind this were good right Mm -hmm. so it's like we want every we want all black Americans to be able to experience this this to some extent Mm -hmm. so we are going to create these and there's actually there's a book about this um I cannot remember the name of the book, but it was by but it's by um, Higginbotham is the lady's last name. Why I why I cannot remember the name of this book. That I, I'm terrible. <laughs> it's okay, we be reading books. I'm sorry. Y'all. I, I, just, we, we be you we be read, reading. We be reading, and it's like you be reading, and you don't like remember like yeah. you know that you read something, and you know where you read it, but you don't always know the title of it. I'm yeah. I am. It was just a terrible vibe, about know. that. <laughs> um, but I'm I'm terrible about that, so I shouldn't have even brought yeah, it up. I'm like, it. here's <laughs> this book of the name that I don't know what it is. Promise you. It was a book somewhere but it was but, but it was in a book somewhere but anyway <laughs> um but there's a but there's a book that talks about black church women and the and the um, author's last name is Higginbotham and she talks about how these people um, essentially like the, the black church was a way was a means and a, and a vehicle for black people to better themselves yes and yes. so that so I mean that really is a, a positive thing and I don't want to sound like it's Absolutely. like it was all negative I think that there really is that the, the impulses behind it um, were definitely very admirable um, but then whenever you really start to, to think about it and really start to dig into it even though again the intent was great there was a lot of kind of classist notions that sort of start to come into it so there's a, there's right. some classism um there's some colorism that starts to oh, that starts to factor colorism. into it mm-hmm. um there's mm-hmm. some even you know perhaps some ableism and some different other things that that really started to factor into this movement movement started to factor into some of these ideas so lifting as we climb again it's, it starts out kind of as this noble thing of we want to see black people achieve attain aspire or whatever but then it became, um, I think that for some people it ended up starting to kind of become oppressive because then what that meant for some people was a separation from black culture. Mm. What it what it meant was a separation from from the culture that we had forged and created in the crucible of slavery, saying, well, you know, the the maybe the way that we speak or the way that we carry ourselves or whatever, maybe that maybe these aren't the the way that we need to do we need it we need to try if we're going to be accepted by white people 
they wouldn't have articulated this way, but essentially what it comes out as is if we want to be accepted by them and to not be oppressed by them, we have to act like them. Mm. And we found out the hard way that that actually doesn't work. Right. So, you know, it doesn't matter um, how many suits we wear. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how many degrees. King in a suit. They did. They did. And Malcolm X. They did. They did. And it doesn't matter how many degrees we have. It doesn't matter how much money we, we have and so you know i'm talking the past but this still manifests in in the present and i think that you know we still we still see it in present present day and we might not say lift as we climb and i'm probably going to irritate some people by saying this but we don't use this saying lift as we climb anymore but we start to talk about black excellence Ooh, uh uh-oh uh-oh she gonna step on your toes now what do you so when you when you think about the ways that it has evolved from that lift as we climb mm-hmm. to the black excellence, where do you where are you seeing the similarities? So I again the similarities I think the idea of black excellence is let's show people what black can do. Mm. Let's show people that black people can be that black people can be doctors, that black people can be surgeons, that black people can be um, rocket scientists or whatever. And that's and that's great. Um, I think it's like, you know, let's show people that black people that we can that we can dress really nice and we can go on vacations that are that are really lavish and expensive. And Mm. again, like, look at what black can do. The problem is that that starts to get really kind of classist really kind of quick and what i mean by that is not everybody can afford to go to medical school not everybody can afford i mean even you know dang some of the people who are in school can't afford right can't afford school like exactly. you like you in school you get it was these- just a great anatomy episode that address this i'm just yeah well i just had to say that yep but a pop culture <laughs> person here but yes it's like sometimes sometimes you sometimes you in school and you can't even afford school right but there's this whole but there's this whole thing of like so then you're ex- so then the only way you can be excellent if you're black is by attaining this kind of upper class upper middle class like kind of kind of thing but like what about the person who's excellent who is a hairdresser Mm. Or what about the person who's who's also like black excellence that they are that they're driving the bus that they're driving they're driving the city bus you know they're I'm about to say CTA like everybody's from like everybody here is from Chicago everybody listening is from Chicago but like you know they they drive the bus um, that might, that that can also be black excellence um, being mm. a being a black sanitation worker absolutely we, like but those are things that we typically don't associate with black excellence because it's you know it's oh well you know you went you're college educated you you're moneyed in some sort of way and so yeah so i think that that can sometimes be a a little bit um that term that idea can be a little bit counterproductive and i've and i've used it before and i'm not saying like we should stop saying black excellence right but i think that we that we really need to think about whenever we say black excellence what do we actually mean Mm -hmm. and who are we talking about Mm -hmm. and as we're talking about those things are they are we being inclusive mm. because if you if you only think that black excellence is somebody being a, a, a 
top surgeon at a top hospital, but you don't see someone as black excellence who is working a job that has quote unquote lower prestige mm. or the person's wages. Who is wages. the janitor at the prestigious hospital and is keeping the places, the, the, the areas clean and sterile. Like exactly. that's excellent as well. That can, that can be excellence as well. So mm-hmm. I think that sometimes the, the, the face of black excellence can become in its in its own way it can kind of become this thing of like we're that we're that we're attaining to in a in a way that unreasonable that that excludes people and is unreasonably i don't want to say unreasonably lofty i guess and that's not to say that like we have low expectations for ourselves but i don't think that it's that it's that it's not it's not possible for everybody to to attain and then i wonder too when we're talking about black excellence and what we are aspiring to are we internalizing the the values and the morals and the standards of white american society and what mm. and are we trying to uh, like has as we were saying um this idea of assimilation and it's not to say that only white people have these standards of um of being you know top of your class or whatever dressing a certain way um Having, you know, different career paths that are, you know, lucrative, being a doctor, being a lawyer, being a, you know, whatever that doesn't that value and that standard doesn't only belong to white people. But to say that um, when we are like, we just need, need to really question what we are aspiring to and why. And is it because we want we are um, we are begging the dominant culture and the dominant society to see our value because, like you said, look at what black can do. Mm-hmm. We can do the same things that you can do. So why don't you value us? Why don't you see us as worthy? Why don't you see us as um, equal to you? Mm-hmm. We have to really question that impulse in ourselves. And so I think that you you're hitting on a really a really significant. Not to, like you said, not to say that black excellence is all bad and that we need to completely do away with the term, but we just need to challenge in our, I think we need to challenge in ourselves what we mean when we say mm-hmm. excellence, what um, what we are aspiring to, and what is the purpose of putting ourselves out there and labeling, labeling ourselves in these ways. Because of course there's also the, the, the method, or not the method, but the, just the value of um, affirming the dignity and the worth in mm-hmm. ourselves and yeah. saying, hey, we can do all of these things. Um, we are an excellent, we are an excellent people. Yeah. Like we just are. Um, and to, so to constantly affirm that, especially for our kids um, and, uh, you know, the future generations, I think is absolutely important. But we just always need to be challenging those impulses and what values and standards and morals that we're internalizing that may not be, that may not be good in, in the pursuit of, you know, our freedom dreams. Yeah, you know, I think that that's that that's very valuable. And I don't want to make respectability politics sound just like it's it's only about what type of job you have. Right. I think that respectability politics also um, there's an aspect of behavior. And I, and I said this a little a little bit earlier with like kind of like like how we speak or how we carry ourselves or how we how we comport ourselves and stuff in public. And I, I think that that's another element. And sometimes I think that especially in um, black church spaces, we can be we can kind of police ourselves. We can we can police one another in saying, oh, well, 
you know, people talk about like being like sophista ratchet or whatever. And so, or people talk about like, oh, you know, that's, oh, that's ratchet or, oh, that's like, or, oh, this person's bougie. And there's all these, there's all these different um, ideas about, about behavior, about deportment, about, mm. about how we, we interact amongst ourselves. And, and you do have sometimes I've seen, I saw something recently on, um, I think it was like on Facebook or something where um, it was some women and, you know, they were, they were booty tooting. They're, I'm gonna get fired for saying booty tooting <laughs> um, on on uh, on on. But, but, you, but you know you know how you know how we be posing sometimes, like for the camera. And, you mm-hmm. know you got your you got your back turned, and you look at yes. and you looking back at it and whatever. And you you sit you, know. you, you situate your assets <laughs> in front in front of the camera, or whatever. It is. And so it was a black. It was a group of black women doctors, and they were and they were like, also tell black black kids that black women doctors can look like this too Mm. and i thought that that was that that was a really good way of sort of i don't know flipping the narrative on its head i guess that that black people black excellence it was something like like, you know tell women tell tell your kids that black excellence looks like this too and i thought like oh that's that's like a really good way of kind of inverting some of those expectations because whenever we think of whenever I, i don't know why I always, whenever I see black excellence, it's always the men in suits, something, anything that's like, you know, hashtag black excellence. Mm. It's like the men, you know, they're wearing the suits and like the skinny fitted ties and the women, you know, they got their hair all hair and they, and they wearing dresses and they all like whatever. And it's like, but you know, black excellence can also look like sagging and and your, and your ball cap backward. And, and like Absolutely. black excellence can also look like twerking. Like if you can twerk, I can't, I cannot twerk. My twerk, <laughs> my twerking is not black excellence <laughs> at, at all. It, 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 it said, actually, let's set the record straight. <laughs> it, it actually, I, and I, I have not ever publicly twerked. I try to twerk at home <laughs> and I try. So like, so like, and I, and like, I'll like, I'll think of like, just like some of the, like sometimes I have music in my head. And so like one of the things that I try to twerk to is like the Mandalorian thing. Yes. We talked about and, that. And so, and so, <laughs> Like I so like Listen, in my, in my head off, okay? and that beat that it goes yes and so like and so like I'm out here like and so I have that playing in my head or sometimes you I'll just be playing it and I'll just be like you know trying to twerk to it yeah my twerking is not is not it would set us back it would set us back they would be like don't look to me we are segregating it because this twerking is horrible but any but anyway anyway. But but black excellence, black excellence can be posing with your degree, posing with your with yes. your sorority or fraternity yes. letters on, or it can be it can be twerking, just regular holding, stuff. holding some yeah. rock. Like, we are an on. expansive, nuanced people. It can look any any sort of way because I think too just I think just the grace of you know living a regular life can also be excellent. Mm. Just Hey, those people who do still aspire to, to have a nine to five job. Oh my that, goodness! Mm-hmm. Um, that you know pays the bills, and they go home to their family, they go home to their kids, and um, they're they're just able to live a what we would call a normal life can also be excellence. Um, in, oh in my a lot gosh! Of ways. Yeah. You know that's that's really deep. That's really really deep. And whenever I think of people like Trayvon Martin mm. and Breonna Taylor. 
and Ahmaud Arbery and Jordan Neely and mm. all this yeah. like this list laundry list of names of people that like sometimes black people don't just get to live mm. like if we like we have Say to that. we have to be excellent like we have to be breaking records being first like doing all this other type of stuff we have to be doing that um but what about just like I think about somebody like Breonna Taylor, like no, no tea, no shade on her, but we never should have known that woman's name. Right. Like, you know, maybe if she, if she had done something, you know, where she, she was an EMT, right? So I mean, Mm -hmm. she's, she's doing something. She was in a field that there's lots of room for heroics or whatever. Mm -hmm. And maybe we would have heard her name associated with, she saved somebody in this really like a presidential medal of, she's getting, yeah, she's getting that. So, so maybe, but, but honestly, we should have never, we should have never heard that woman's name. We should have never heard Jordan Neely's name. Jordan, like, for those of you who haven't maybe been to New York, who haven't been to Manhattan before, seeing impersonators, seeing people in character, whatever, that is such a common thing, like especially like in more of the touristy spots and stuff yeah. in Manhattan. I mean, you see people dressed up as Mickey Mouse. You see people dressed up as Pikachu. You see Michael Jackson impersonators. You see Prince impersonators. You see the naked cowboy. You see like, well, he's not really naked, but like, but that's just what he calls himself. Mm-hmm. Like you see you see all these different things and that's just part of the landscape of the city. And, you know, sometimes like maybe, you know, you give them a tip or something or something like that or whatever, like you, they, you get a picture with them and then they're like, Oh, that'll be $20. And you're like, Oh wow. Whatever. But like, we never should have known that kid's name. Yeah. But because he was, because he was, he was killed on a subway, a, a kid, a, a young person who was unhoused, who was hungry, who was in experiencing a a confluence a crisis, yeah. of crises yeah, in his crises, life. Yes. It wasn't just one crisis. It was it was not having house. It was not having housing. It was not having food. It was yeah. not having money. Mm-hmm. Um, he also had some some disabilities and some mental illness and some trauma. Right. We never should have known his name. And that is black excellence. Mm. Black excellence is, it doesn't have to be. Just being able to live. It's just being able to live. Yeah. That's that's excellence. In a yeah. world that's trying to kill us, Egg, mm-hmm. in a world where people are trying to kill us, mm-hmm. black excellence should be seen as the kid who walks home from school through gang territory and he manages to make it home. Mm. that day black excellence should be the woman the black woman who is giving birth and she has to have an emergency cesarean and everybody listens to her and she makes it out alive because the black woman mortality rate in birth is garbage and we don't just get like we die i actually wrote an article for the witness for this um a long time ago um when giving i think something about like when um giving life equals death or something something Mm. to that to that extent like even in the act of bringing life into the world we have the potential to to die die. whenever we should just be able to do basic stuff like exist and that and we should see that as black as black excellence absolutely um i have some i have a lot more thoughts about that actually but we will come back to this topic after the break (laughs) 
Hey family, this is Tyler Burns, host of Pass the Mic, and I am so grateful to each one of you for listening and supporting the work that we do here at The Witness and on this podcast. And I want to encourage you, if you have been blessed by anything we have said, if you have been encouraged, if you've shared the episode, thank you, but you can take your support a step further and you can support us on Patreon.com, Patreon.com slash Pass the Mic for just $1 an episode. That's it. So that's like $4 a month. That's one cup of coffee per month. That's super easy, super simple, and you can keep this work going. We're 10 years in and we want to do another 10 and we need your help. Patreon.com slash pass the mic. We appreciate those of you who are patrons and we appreciate those of you who are going to support. This episode is brought to you in part by Thomas Nelson, publisher of Nine Lives and Counting, a bounty hunter's journey to faith, hope, and redemption. Written by Dwayne Dog the Bounty Hunter Chapman. Nine Lives and Counting not only offers a fresh perspective on well-known life events, but also ventures into behind-the-scenes territory and backstories never shared publicly. Nine Lives and Counting is available everywhere audiobooks are sold. Visit thomasnelson.com audio to learn more. We're back. Welcome back, uh, everyone. So we were talking about uh, the idea of black excellence and just being able to live a normal life or being able to live at all. And what I thought about is when it comes to this idea of black excellence, one thing I think that one way that my thoughts have evolved and my kind of image of what black excellence looks like has evolved is into uh, people who are just so deeply for black people and mm. and you know fighting and whether that's in an, an activist organizer advocacy role or whether that's just like everything I do is for the uh, for the betterment for the freedom for the joy of uh, of black people and being able to live um, and so it's not just about the degrees like you said the pedigree the the uh, you know, the being a doctor and a lawyer and the, the occupations and mm-hmm. the how much money you make and things like that. But it's also just like, hey, I am deeply for my people. I'm deeply for the the advancement, the the spirit. I mean, the the, the spiritual formation of um, of our people and uh, just wanting to see us thrive in different ways. You know, that is a that is a really deep thought and i think that what you've said here that's 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 i mean excellent to to be to be all the know hashtag black excellence here bria (laughs) but no but like but for real though like this idea i like how you talked about your evolution of it not just being about oh i'm making you i'm making this much money or i've got this type of degree or i've got this kind of this type of um education or i have this type of occupation or i have or i'm driving this type of car or wearing or wearing this type of handbag or something like that like that's not like like black excellence can be how we love ourselves and and to bring the conversation full circle a little little bit i think that that because 
I think that that's the impulse that, that, that that's the impulse even behind some of like the early politics of respectability yes. is that it really is yes, talk about a, that. a deep it really mm-hmm. so I don't want to sound like you know that I'm down on our ancestors that I'm, that I'm that I'm you know, putting them down like oh my gosh you know this is this is so bad that they that they were doing this they really were um they really were trying to do the best that they that they had with what they had. They yes. really were trying to make a way out of no way. Just unfortunately, I think that you know we're human sometimes, and our impulses we can we can start out we can start out with the right type of heart, um, but then just the the way that our impulses and stuff get into it, we don't realize that we're doing harm to people. Um, and so I think that yeah. you know that 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 idea though of our ancestors they loved black people deeply some of our black church for people loved black people deeply and loved and loved our our community and wanted to see us thrive Mm -hmm. and so that's why because they didn't know you i can sit here a hundred plus 120 plus years 130 years later right and say the benefit of hindsight we have the benefit of hindsight say you know what actually guys you know that didn't work yeah like you know you know actually this idea of having you a talented 10th actually that didn't that didn't work that and then you know du bois realized himself that it was he came you know in his own Mm -hmm. in his own lifetime to the realization that it didn't that it didn't work he evolved Um, his thought in that evolved so deeply yes and we don't give him and we don't give him the recognition or or credit for that because I think that sometimes because we want to latch on to that because for those of us who are able to assimilate those of us who have the resources and means to code switch to do all this other type of stuff Mm -hmm. it sounds good to us it sounds good to be like oh I'm talented oh I've got degrees oh I've got this other type of stuff and now I have to help these poor littles over here who don't who don't have and so that 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 paternalism that's something we're, we're treating people with the same paternalism that people have treated us mm. and if it, it and it doesn't it doesn't feel good and it, and it doesn't and it doesn't feel right but again i think that the impulses of loving black people coming back to that and i think that as black christians we yes we love all people whatever like hopefully we all we all get that by now the first yes. the, the, the the first and, and second greatest commandments like I, I hope that we under that we understand those yes. things right now and that's and that's self-evident but we also have to love ourselves as black people. Yeah. And part of that is really wanting to see black people thrive and flourish. Yeah. And, you know, just to plug the conference here, I don't know when this is actually when this is going to come out, but I'm gonna go ahead and throw this out that even if you if this comes out after the conference, you still might have the opportunity to be able to to watch and stream the conference. The idea behind Rise Up and Flourish, behind this year's Joy and Justice conference, mm-hmm. is about loving Black people so deeply that we want to see one another succeed. Mm-hmm. And succeeding again and not being like succeeding like oh you know everybody's making six figures everybody's out here carrying balenciaga wearing balenciaga whatever you do with balenciaga because i don't have that balenciaga money <laughs> um so i don't know what, i don't even know what they do oh, with it uh, i don't even know what they do with it because i ain't got it like mean? that what are these words i just know people are just like ooh, balenciaga i go gaga like over what balenciaga. and i'm like i bro i don't even know but anyway 
But anyway, it's not just being out here like, oh, yes, hey, I got money. Hey, whatever. But it's loving black people so deeply mm. that we that we want to see one another flourish. Thrive. Yes. But flourish yes. and thrive even if it means flourishing and thriving means that you can sit in your house and twerk to the Mandalorian. <laughs> wow. Full circle moment. Yes. Yes. It's the thickness. It's the, it's, the thickness. it's the thickness. And that's, that's what, that's what it's all about. I love that you brought it back to knowing that they, that our, the, you know, those who came before us, our ancestors who kind of were steeped in the original idea of respectability politics, uh, that it was deeply, it was, it was about loving black people and wanting us to thrive because I think it hits on, you know, giving honor to where we have came from mm-hmm. and building on top of that and being able to challenge in good faith and say, Hey, that seemed like a good idea then. It may not work in our context now. It may not have even worked in your context. Um, and so we build on those ideas and expand on them and challenge them when we need to, um, all in the pursuit of loving Black people. Amen. 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 This episode is brought to you in part by the Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries podcast. Do you want to grow in your influence? Bow's episodes feature tips for leaders of any kind, from mentoring one woman to leading a ministry. Browse Bow's podcast at beyondordinarywomen.org.